Hi, my name is Jeff Pagano, and you are listening to the Harpin on Rugby podcast, episode 26, posting on Wednesday, January the 8th, 2020. Many thanks for tuning in. On this week's show, I'm including the spoken version of our latest match write-up, which features Leinster's big win over Connett last weekend, and was titled Less Than Halfway There. But first, I had a chat with regular Harpen contributor Neil Kego Keegan about a recurring phenomenon at the RDS these days, so without any further ado, here's what we had to say. Now it's time for this week's back and forward chat. And this week, um, returning for his, um, well, it's definitely not his first cap anyway on the podcast. It's um, the great uh, Neil Kego Keegan, purveyor of the great uh, Couch Pundits Ireland.com. Welcome to the show, Mr. Keegan. How are you doing, Godfather? It is great to talk to you. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. It's all good. Well, listen, what I want to talk about this week is uh, something that you mentioned on uh, the social media uh, <laughs> over the weekend. Um, it was to do with, now we, we, we were watching, um, we were both at the game, um, Leinster against Connors on Saturday evening, and we enjoyed that. It was a great performance. They really put them to the sword. Um, and it was a sellout crowd at the RDS, but um, you pointed out something that uh, I've been harping on for quite a while now. It's uh, and, and uh, had an opinion on it for a long time. It's been off discussed, but it's coming up again now. This, this uh, practice of uh, hordes, you'd have to describe them um, leaving yeah. the ground uh, before the game is even over what, what what's your what's your take on that it's getting it's getting very very annoying um now i i don't get to enough games you know real life gets in the way so when i am there i'm there for every minute and i, I appreciate every minute and i think as well um if you don't mind us me grouping grouping you with me that we're of a certain age that we remember the bad mm-hmm. times and uh, you only appreciate the good times when you've had those bad times. To a lot of the people, the Matt O'Connor years oh, yeah. were the bad years when we still we still had silverware mm. in those years. Um, so my my issue and it happened. Uh, I brought the Oman to the Northampton game, uh, and then there was two more this season that I noticed. I can't remember off the top of my head. And before, and I'll kind of give a bit of leeway here. If if it's 78, 79, and eighty minutes. I, mm-hmm. I have no issue there. You've got to get out. You know, we can once we get to that point in the game, that's fine. But there were people on Saturday leaving well before the seventy-minute mark. And okay, um, without wishing to offend everybody, we're we're getting into fans versus mm-hmm. supporters again. Um, I was lucky enough to be sitting in in the line pit with the guys holding up the flag and appreciated that and the banter was great but there were still a lot of people leaving at that point to the point where we were taking taking the mick out of them as they were leaving um, it's embarrassing and to me it's a massive disrespect to the players on the pitch especially on Saturday when you look at the two two teams that were on the pitch young players playing for their spot playing for a shot playing for a chance mm-hmm. trying to show what they have to an appreciative crowd and that crowd is walking out like you're saying it wasn't you know 10 15 20 people of the of the near 16,000 people who were in there it was a lot of people and okay if you've you know people say well they're babysitters and stuff if it was a close game they wouldn't have left that's just the end of the story and if if anyone listening to this left early I really, really disrespect you. I don't think you're 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 showing uh, what this province, what this rugby club, what the game, whatever you are, whatever the, what this game is about by leaving early because you know Leinster are putting in fifteen yeah. tries a game. 
Oh yeah, it's, no, it's absolutely. Pathetic. No, I mean, I I wanted to do this interview like sort of, and I wanted to play the role of like devil's advocate, but um, to be honest with you, I mean, we we've had this we've had this out before. We've like you say, it's, it's a good way of describing it: the babysitter argument. And um, when when we've discussed it on the website in the past, you've had people coming on saying, "Oh, mm-hmm. I don't think you all realize what it's like to have four kids bring into the game, and you have to leave, and you get parking, and all that kind of stuff." But you know, my counter to that is like you knew that when you bought the tickets and yeah there are people who would who would break legs to go bad analogy but you get what i mean kick a puppy Uh, in the the face whatever the the game kicks off at five or half five whatever uh you know how long it takes a game takes almost exactly two hours pretty much um exclusively that's it's it's two hours to the full-time whistle and um Mm -hmm. you know how long it takes to get there you know how long it takes to get home and you know it and you wouldn't leave a movie before it was over and um and the fact of the matter is like you say it's like those guys are well they're not only playing but nowadays Leinster especially I mean you talk about the quality of rugby on the pitch um there's so much competition for places. I mean, Leinster's biggest competition is with themselves at the moment. And um, you've got players who, you, you almost get a, you, you get such a good performance from the bench nowadays that you're almost looking forward to, no matter what the score is to the last 20 minutes, to see what they can do. 100%. And, and even if we say, okay, uh, you have a screaming child who needs to get out, that's completely oh, yeah. understandable. And that's, and that's, and I don't think we're, we're not talking about, you know, you're bringing your kid mm. and your kid's sick or your kid's screaming because there's 15, 16,000 yeah. people there. That's understandable. But if, if you don't have a screaming kid and you just, you and your mate are just walked out at 65 minutes past me, you got to comment because it's, it's like, if you look at, there were people coming up from Connacht there who were great crack. They were great fun. They were part of the game. They were having a tough day. We all had the crack together. Uh, and, and that's that's the extra bit that, that's part of the game that you, you get involved with wherever you're sitting in the RDS or in the Aviva. You take yourself out of that. You're taking yourself out of uh, enjoying yourself because you kind of go, oh, Leinster are winning by, you know, 40 points at halftime. Maybe, maybe Connacht won't even mm-hmm. score, you know. There are people who want to go. There are people who would be gagging to go, and you're taking their space. You, uh, I've got to be careful here because I, it, I, it does make me mm-hmm. very, very angry. Um, and and again, I'm making the proviso that we're taking away the screaming kids, yeah. kids, and things like that. That's fine. But if you're an adult and you walk out of a game before 70 minutes, before 65 minutes, yeah. you shouldn't be there. That's it. Yeah. And between us and, and of course, we had the whole thing with Quinny giving out about people not even being in their seats mm. when the when the game kicks off. I mean, yeah. it's... Yeah, that's that's the key. But but you're on the, you're on the other side. You're you're on the professional side here. So you're reporting mm. on the game from where you yeah. are in the RDS. Okay, you know that the, mm. the cameras are on, and you know that there are thousands of people on screen yep. walking out of the game. But let's say we take our Leinster gear off and we just look at that as a brand new person watching the game. Their friend couldn't make the game because one of these idiots mm. got their ticket, and they're watching it for the first time. The, the sport of, of of it is impressing them. The first question they're going to ask is, "Why is everyone walking out of the game? Is is it over now? Mm. Or what's the story? Like, it's just." It's so infuriating. Like, if you're late, okay, fine. If your kid's kicking off at home and the babysitter is there or whatever, that happens. We understand that. You get there as quickly as you can. You get to your seat. You get your beer at half yeah. time. Whatever it is, there you you don't arrive late. Leave early. 
just to get to the boozer because Leinster are 54 7 up. Like, if, if it was 16 or 18 or whatever it is, your, your arse would be mm. glued to the chair. I think if you leave, and, and this is the, the, the shot I'm firing towards anyone who left, you shouldn't have a ticket. You shouldn't be allowed in the ground. If you're going to leave early, there's thousands of us outside who want to go to all these games. The, the, the Six Nations, uh, they, they released some more tickets today. Yeah. Couldn't get them. But I know there are going to be people there who leave early. And I'm going to be the guy who wants to go, who's ready to rock and roll with the jersey on, and I mm. can't get a ticket. So you... If you buy a ticket, you wouldn't leave a gig early. You wouldn't leave the Christmas panto early. You wouldn't leave all these things early. They all involve kids and screaming kids or whatever. Mm. You deal with it. But if you're a grown-up and you leave the game, you, you just shouldn't be there. There is no Yikes. excuse. You know, unless, okay, if someone beside you is, is having a heart attack, fine. You know what I mean? You, well, I mean, now it's evenly matched at that stage. You know, it's it's 50-50 in that case. You know yourself, like, you know I mean? If it's, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, the heart attack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there'd you be plenty of doctors there. around, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're in D4, plenty of doctors. But um, no, the, the interesting point you raised there, another thing is, is that it's not just a case of, some people might say, well, what's it to you if I go? You know, you're still there. But the problem, like you said yourself, when someone gets up, invariably they have to they have to shunt over like like about 10 up to 10 people just to get out of their seats and it's bad enough when these guys yeah. are running running to the loo and back and running to the to get beers and back in the middle of the game um yeah you know making it making you move when you're trying to watch at that stage but when it's towards the end and you're deciding to stay it's, it's extra disheartening when you have to you're trying to watch and you have to get up for these people who are just who couldn't be ours staying to the end of the game you know yeah it's it's uh, i just i don't understand it but then i i, I also understand mm. that we care mm. more than they do you know what i mean like it's you know you, you've been mm. watching 100 years my old man brought me to Lansdowne to watch eric yeah. at the age of four when there was there was four of us mm. in the second stadium so like you know, you go from there all the way up to now, and and okay, yes, we are very lucky uh, that the organisation is working so well to be in the position it's in. But there are a lot of people who do not mm. appreciate that, and and because we are putting five tries on teams with forty three minutes gone, they just have no idea what it took to get there and what it took, um, especially when you look around the provinces and, and how up and down a lot of those guys are. The work that's gone in to to get Leinster to where they are now and Ireland, you know, when Ireland get 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 going in the mm. Six Nations again, the work that to get those teams there, uh, and you're going to walk out. It's it's the biggest disrespect to whereas the A team, the B team, the C team. It's a disrespect to everyone on that pitch who's who's leaving everything on the line. We saw snapped ankles, wrecked shoulders, calves, everything for our mm. entertainment. And and as as guilty as that makes me feel, um, I'm not going to leave early. You know, to to I, would, uh, I don't want to disrespect anyone. No, absolutely. And um, yeah, and the, the and the, the ironic thing is, is that I mean, you could almost understand if the score lines were going the other way. Do you know what I mean? If, if Leinster were losing yeah. seven to fifty four, and you know, I mean, I. I personally like you say we love the game a lot more we'd stay to the end like you know you never know Enster might get four tries or something you know if it was the other way around um but um you know you, you do see you do see some grounds when, when the home team's getting well beaten uh people heading heading towards the exit you know uh when when there's no chance they're going to win but uh when, when Lent, this Leinster team and you say yourself this, it's just, it's not going to happen every year you know you've got a team that's playing this well you you you, you feel you'd want to a savor every minute yourself, but also be show respect to the people who who would, 
use the ticket to its full advantage. 100%. And it's, uh, you know, to me, if, if Leinster were 54-7 down, that's when you mm. make the most noise. You don't, like, we, we don't yeah. walk out then either. But it, it's, it, you know, Leinster are on the precipice of, like, I, I, I'm i not, you're you're the NFL guy, but the 49ers mm-hmm. in the 80s and the 90s, they, they started a, a dynasty with Montana yeah. back in the day. And Leinster are on the, on, mm-hmm. they're close to that. But I do not, I do not want... Uh, um, I'm going to say I don't want these fans representing no. Leinster by walking out of the game. And look, if that's harsh, then it's only me saying it. It's not you. There's no problem. But it's I do not I do not want those fans uh, in the stadium when there are people who who want to be there. Who like we stood there until all the interviews were over. Um, Ruddock was the last one off the pitch because every single everyone from RTE to Babe Station were interviewing them afterwards. We were staying there to applaud them off because that's that's how we feel about it. People are leaving early. It, Absolutely. And what were you um, what were you saying to the people that were leaving? Like we heard, um, I could hear in the South Stand there were chants of cheerio, 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 and all that kind of crack. Yeah. Where, what, what were you guys doing in the line fest? Well, I started asking, yeah. was there a fire? <laughs> Um, uh, and then I just started uh, making it a bit more difficult <laughs> for them to leave um, I, I, just yeah. by not moving. What was that uh, thing in Game of Thrones? I, you could I go shame, shame, shame. They're going and give yeah. them a bit of that. I think that's exactly yeah. what we should do. And look, it's it's a bit mean. Ah, yeah, but it's a bit, bit of the banter as well. Like you know, it's great. You don't have to be too yeah, mean exactly, about but it. But um, I know it, it is. It, it it is a thing. Like you know, it's 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 something that's happening at the Lancer matches. And uh, and it, you know, like you say yourself, you, if you turn, if you do, if you play it the right way you can turn it into a bit of the crack as well and uh you know sort of jokingly sh- shame people into it you know that that's a gr- i think i think that's we have everyone has to take mm. that from this podcast if people are starting to leave you stand up and start yeah. pointing at them saying <laughs> shame <laughs> I was going to go into this. I was going to be the devil's advocate and, and start arguing, you know, on behalf of the, just to get a discussion going. But the more I thought of it, the angrier I got. So I said, just screw it. I'll just, uh, I'll just, just go with, go, go with Kigo because I mean, it is, it is something that, 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 that is annoying. And like you say, there's a minority of people who do have to go. And there, there's over the years, like you say, the hundred years I've been going to these games, a couple of times I had to leave early. Like there were actual reasons for me to have to go. Yeah. That does happen. But you shouldn't have you shouldn't have these rows and rows and rows of people just just heading for the exits just 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 to get home like about five minutes but it'll turn out to be like five or ten minutes earlier like you know exactly or they're just going to the bar so we unfortunately in 2019 we have to keep saying this we're not talking about people who have screaming kids or they get a call someone's in hospital or whatever we're not talking about Hmm. real people we're talking about people who just walk out they turn to their mates and they go lads this game's over will we just we go to the bar and get 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 the points in before everyone the, the, arrives. The, you, the, you the walk of shame. Okie dokie. Well, listen, listen. Thanks yes. for that. It was a good chat. Ego, thanks a million for coming on. Um, good, to, good to talk to you. And uh, anything new? Anything new coming down the pipe on, on your site this week? Well, uh, post uh, post World Cup uh, burnout, which I was suffering from, and, and uh, post uh, annoying people <laughs> online, uh, we're kind of kicking that off uh, now in the mid January, getting everything settled now. So the podcast will be starting again next week, um, and then we'll be we'll be starting everything. So the uh, the uh is where to find it, and the Couch Pointed Ireland on Facebook. Look for the little cartoon face of me uh, and click it because brilliant, we know you brilliant. Okay, listen, man, thanks for coming on, and um, we'll see it. We'll see you soon. All right, cheers, buddy. Less than halfway there.
To win the Guinness Pro 14, you must first navigate 23 matches, or 24 if you finish second or third in your conference, and you must win at least the last two. Leinster have played just 10 so far. To win the Heineken Champions Cup, you must first navigate nine matches, and you must win the last three. Leinster have played just four so far. I can think of no other way to set up this post without looking like I'm assuming the boys in blue are on course to win all before them. The rugby they are playing right now is so good that it seems to be hubris rather than any opposition which can possibly take them down. We're not even at the halfway stage yet, so the best thing we can do is forget about what has gone before and look ahead to what comes next. There is no doubt that the Christmas Interprovincials did not go too well for Connett, but whatever about their current form, I doubt there are many teams on the continent that would have been able for Leinster in this kind of mood. We clicked into gear right from the kickoff, had the bonus points sewn up by the end of the first quarter, and although the point-a-minute scoring rate eased off after the break, we still appeared determined to keep the duck egg on their side of the scoreboard for as long as possible, eventually letting it go on the 70th minute. So far this season, I've resorted to a format for these write-ups, which I call a trime line, because there has been so much try-scoring that it seems easier just to describe each one in order than to go in for an overview. This time, I'm going for something different again, as I'd like to highlight individual players, because for me, the biggest topic of discussion raised was the decision for Man of the Match. In the end, the gong went to skipper Reese Ruddock, and while I have nothing against him as a player, and there is no doubt he made big contributions to this win, like a key steal early in the second half after the Westies were camped on our try line, I personally felt there were at least half a dozen other Leinster players on which I'd rather harp, even after having watched it a second time. And the ironic thing about this particular sextet is that although they were all tri-scorers, in each case there was a lot more about their displays that caught my eye. So let's crack on, shall we? Max Deegan It seems logical to start with Max since he got our first try, but the real reason is that I felt he was the true man of the match. Two tries scored, two final passes for other tries, four clean breaks, four defenders beaten, 26 tackles with none missed, his display was a microcosm of Leinster's overall. And with so much attention these days on rookies Will Connors and Clayland Doris, both of whom could well post at similar numbers on Saturday had they played 80 minutes, I firmly believe Leinster's biggest takeaway from this match has to be an appreciation for Deegan's contribution to the cause since he himself made his debut in December 2016. For me, it's all about his confidence. No occasion nor quality of players on the pitch on either side seems to phase him. He just knuckles down and gets on with the task in hand, bringing that little bit extra to every tackle, every carry, every clear-out, every set piece. Many back rowers are praised for unseen work, but more often than not, it's impossible not to ignore the things this guy does. Even at a club with an embarrassment of back row riches such as Leinster, it is very difficult to leave him out of the top three or four in my book. Dave Carney This guy is playing the rugby of his life and has done so for over a year now. Just looking at his try on Saturday, our second, shows how determined he is to impress these days. He had a lot to do to apply the finish, yet he made it look incredibly easy. In my preview, I described our backline as one more likely to bring the ball into contact with the exception of Jordan Larmer. Yet Dave in particular wasn't doing it because he was looking to recycle. He fully believed he could break each tackle and was able to back up this belief time and time again. Much like Deegan, Dave has played his way to a position at Leinster where despite the talent around him, it is very difficult to leave him out on the big occasions. Kieran Frawley Going into this match, I thought the biggest spotlight was on our halfbacks for different reasons, and you certainly can't score 8 tries without your 9 and 10 combining well. Frawley has been dogged by injury since he came into the Leinster senior picture, and his luck on Saturday didn't get much better as a knock forced him from the field at a time he was probably scheduled to be replaced anyway. 
Up to that point, he had our back line ticking like clockwork, making good decisions and finding the right levels of accuracy pretty much every time. Even his own try came from him not only putting Max Deegan clean through, but also providing perfect support to receive the return pass. Hopefully, he will be back to action soon. Joe Tamani Much maligned by fans after his early appearances for the province, as well as being prone to injury, Joe now looks like he's totally clued into our way of doing things, and we are certainly reaping the benefit. Some of the lines he runs on crash ball plays are so good, the would-be tacklers are beaten before he even gets the ball. Having him, Henshaw, and Conan O'Brien as 12 options provide us with almost unlimited power offset pieces. There was simply no stopping Joe on Saturday when he finally had the try line in his sights, and you could tell how much the bonus point clinching score meant to him. Luke McGrath You have to look at the Leinster setup for a long, long time to find anything remotely resembling a weak point. And you couldn't even really use that term when it comes to Luke, but it has looked as though those behind him on the pecking order were closing the gap considerably since he returned from Japan. With the Andy Farrell era imminent and the general Irish nine talent pool ever expanding from John Cooney's superhuman efforts at Ulster all the way down to young Rowan Osborne's impressing at Thoman Park last week, there was always going to be pressure on Luke to perform on this stage, and as I said earlier, he definitely combined well with Frawley to make every bout of possession count. He took his own try well, spotting a gap of the line and taking it himself from the breakdown. Gary Ringrose Deegan did much of the heavy lifting for Gary's first try, yet he still had a couple of covering defenders to beat before reaching the line. His second was more out of Connett's end-of-match dejection than anything else. Despite Gibson Park's kick pass going a bit askew, Ringrose still had a ridiculous amount of time to both catch and finish. But he provided more than just try scoring. It was his long missed pass that set up Dave Carney's try, and along with Tamani, they were able to snuff out Connett's first point of attack more often than not. Overall Defense I see our blue wall as akin to a 16th player these days, and we retreated to another masterclass on Saturday. It has been so good of late, I have to assume the late Ulster Tri-Fest was either an aberration or is more likely, given what happened at the Kingspan Stadium on Friday, was simply because they are just that good, that I wonder will we force the game's boffins to consider rethinking the offside laws. Putting a maximum of two players into each breakdown allows the corner defenders to not only have strong numbers, but it also means they can stand very close to the breakdown, allowing tacklers to make the most of their line speed. Connett clearly came to the RDS with a view to kicking themselves into better territory positions, but even then, we snuffed them out so much in the first half that they all but abandoned the boot after the break, opting instead for quick offloading and sniping runs from play to find ways through. Sadly for them, that generally didn't work either. It was a busy day for both defenses as the tackling numbers show. 11 players broke the 20 mark. And there were some injury concerns other than young Frawley. Both James Ryan and Will Connors were withdrawn earlier, and as if things weren't bad enough for the visitors, both of their Fitzgerald brothers had injuries, with Connors late in the game looking more serious. Hopefully all will recover as soon as possible. And so we come to the end of another festive interprovincial series, and it has to be said, things have never looked so good for Leinster, which is odd because we were saying that at this stage last year, yet somehow we have managed to do even better. Still, though, we can't lay claim to being out of sight in our conference just yet. Ulster are just 11 points behind us, and are also scoring tries for fun, so it would only take a slip-up or two from us to get them back within striking range. The last thing we'll want is for them to have any sort of chance to pinch top spot from us when we travel to Belfast for the final round of matches at the end of May. But for now, the attention turns to Europe, and while our quarterfinal spot is already guaranteed, thankfully we have the seeding system to keep us focused for the remaining matches against Lyon and Benetton, respectively. 
I just don't envy Leos to Dr. Phil and Co. their task of finding the best starting 15 from this particular squad. 